Welcome everyone to Pulp and Gush. It is October 6th, 2023. The leaves are turning, my belly's burning, and Polk is right alongside here for another wonderful episode. Your belly's burning. I just got in from Bud's Broiler. <laughs> How we doing, man? Uh, churning, burning, gurgling. <laughs> All the good stuff. Yeah. I literally... I, I smell like I fell in Chris Christie's garbage can. Am I... Blazed. I, I think I'm like very like smell sensitive. And anytime I leave a restaurant, I'm like, I got to burn these clothes. But we went into Bud's. There was like a haze. I think there had been a fire before we got in there. That's every day. Yeah. that The charcoal grill inside with a drop ceiling is just... <laughs> <laughs> for 40 years you know it's like how have you guys managed to keep this place open for this long i noticed there were no carbon monoxide detectors <laughs> no, in there and no. when i left i was pretty sleepy the onions guy died definitely from <laughs> carbon monoxide poisoning uh dude it, it is i love doing this podcast number one but i did think on the way over here i was like oh my god do i have to talk about the saints I was like, it just makes me, I feel like literal like heartburn. I'm like it just, I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to get mad. I don't even get mad watching the games anymore, but I know when I talk about it, I'm going to get mad. This is a safe space for venting about the Saints, <laughs> soon to be the Pelicans, the city we live. This, this is your therapy. This is literally one hour of Kush becomes unglued at the world. Yeah, you're. <laughs> You're Tony Soprano. I'm Melfi. <laughs> My dreams are different than Tony's <laughs> were about you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, you can feel, though, when you look at the weather thing and it says the high temperature is supposed to be the 75. I've been looking at the weather, the weather, the Bruce, weather app. Bruce. Bruce. Bruce, the weather app. <laughs> And it says the high is supposed to be 75 on Saturday. And I don't even know what that's like. No. I can't even like fathom. It was 90 today. I was outside all day. And I was like, I know, I know we're getting there, but it doesn't quite feel real yet. This is, I think, the argument against global warming is how quickly we acclimated to 100 degree daily temperatures. <laughs> I'm strolling around in an Adidas tracksuit and it's 95 outside. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> So I think the human race is going to be just fine. Yeah, I, th I do think it speaks to uh, the resiliency that we have. Yeah. We're, call we're called resilient in New Orleans like every other week because, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the pestilence is uh, raining down on us. And uh, we're all just like, oh, well, I'm not going to move. I know everybody here. And I like the bar that's close by. Uh, and so we get called resilient instead of being called stupid. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, I look back at August where I was like, remember when it was too hot to swim? I was like, do you remember that? <laughs> For a month, it was too hot to swim. I couldn't go take my kids swimming till 6 p.m. because it was in the shade. I was like, that wasn't a normal way to live. That was crazy. But boy, did we get used to it. Uh, yeah, and it was fine. And then once it stopped, you're like, well, <laughs> that were great. It now really, it's only 90. really shows you to be thankful for what you've got right yes and and now it's 
It feels like winter outside. I know. And right as it, you know, just as every year, right as it starts getting gray and miserable and cold everywhere else, it gets to the nice part of our year. I am very excited. I think this is going to be a lovely fall in the city. Uh, it appears the salt water might not come get us. That was a welcome news today mm-hmm. uh, that all of that panic was for literally nothing. Did you ever see that? No. The guy from the Army Corps comes out. This is at like 6 o'clock today. And he's like, well, we looked at the weather forecast. It turns out that yeah, I don't think it's going to get to the West Bank of New Orleans. Really? Much less the East Bank, much less Jefferson Parish. I was like, what, what are we doing here? They, they spent like $200 million to do all this stuff. And he's like, eh, but, you know, it's a weather forecast. He's like, a 28-day weather forecast. That's what we're basing it on. I was like, 28 days? They're not right two days from now. 28-day forecast? That seems like a lot of guesswork. Isn't that like the harvest schedule, the har- the farmer's almanac? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what the Amish use. I was like, this is, yeah, so apparently all this crap was, you know, I guess Latoya stayed, she, she did it. She fixed us from COVID and she fixed us from the salt water. I still, an episode or two ago, I said that Orleans' solution to everything would just be like, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? Maybe it was. I think it might be. Just tell us that there's no salt in the water. We can't tell the difference. Well, they actually covered it on uh, NBC today. It was on national news today. Okay. Yeah, they had Brian Williams down here. He's like, yeah, I was here for Katrina. I was on top of the Superdome with Chris Kyle. Anyway, (laughs) Brian Williams lied about it. I was on the Danzigo Bridge. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's it'll be just enough national news to make sure anybody who is thinking of coming here during the fall will not. Yeah, just enough so that you know I can still get a table at Galatoire's. That's all I really care. And about. then you're like, well, I guess I can't go to New Orleans. What's the next best place? Uh, Paris, France. Oh no, the bed <laughs> bed bugs. <laughs> that's where I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, that's why Latoya came back early. It wasn't because of the saltwater wedge <laughs> lurching towards us. It was because her room had bed bugs. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? That the Paris is like riddled in bed bugs, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I remember that being a thing in New York. I don't know that's ever happened to me. Bed bugs. No. Somebody was telling me they had so much construction outside of their house in Broadmoor, though, that they have to change their sheets every day <laughs> because there's so much dust and dirt that gets into their house just by, you know, the random opening and closing of doors. I was like, well, that's. That's nice. Oh, man. And I was like, well, I'm sure they're working really hard to improve those streets <laughs> on a daily basis. Like, oh, yeah. And then guess guess what? When the street improves, people are going to drive 150 miles an hour yep. down the street. I was like, so that's the win, that's the win you get at the end of this, you know, four years of, uh, of cranes in front of your house and bulldozers <laughs> and changing your sheets every day because they're covered in dust mites. I don't know what I would do in that situation. You had that situation. Well, kind of, yeah. You had, I mean, I guess yours was mostly asphalt, but you had a construction thing in front of your house for almost a year, right? Yeah, I th- it, the construction was a very long time. Long time listeners of the show will know the <laughs> construction chronicles, me calling that hard rock construction, calling them out on the show several times, uh, libel and slander and whatnot. Yes. Um, but I guess the difference was I just didn't wash my sheets. <laughs> I was like, this is why I bought brown sheets. 
<laughs> I'm just a veritable pig pen walking around <laughs> in my everyday existence. It doesn't really seem to affect me all that much. Yeah, there was a real uh, rotating cast of goons in and out of that house. It was like, I'm not cleaning anything. These freaks. You did have the guy who was apparently Olympic weightlifting above you every day. It seemed like he had a bowling alley above my apartment. <laughs> And then you moved off here into Quietville. Yeah, there's no uh, man on stilts doing his juggling routine <laughs> above the house. Just an occasional raccoon or possum. Uh, what the big thing now? The only social media I'm really on now is Next Door, which around here is just like women saying like. A black man came to my door. He was in a light blue shirt and navy pants, and then he fiddled with something and left. And it's like, you're talking about the mailman. You're calling the police because a guy delivered your mail. The only, next door is just, I saw someone of a different race near my house. Mm -hmm. That's the only use for the app. Yes. But out here recently... People have gone coyote crazy. Oh, oh, there's a coyote? No, the, uh... there's fucking not. But <laughs> <laughs> like somebody saw like a German shepherd. Okay. And like reported as a coyote. And now these maniacs, half the people on next door are posting, thinking that they're like emailing the president about their son who died in <laughs> Iraq. They don't understand. Somebody just posted cat on there the other day. Just the word cat. <laughs> Didn't get through that thought. No. So if if we get bed bugs, it's that's going to be the end of next door. Oh yeah. People won't be able to function. Yeah. Well, my uh, my dog has begun to just uh, piss inside my house at all times. He has decided he no longer enjoys pissing outside, and it's really becoming like he's an old dog. Mm -hmm. But I was like. Do you just, can I just make him live outside? <laughs> <Can> I, just, <laughs> I was like, I was like, if I just get on next door every day and I'm like, oh, we lost our dog. <laughs> it's like, is that going to start to get old after a certain amount of time? I'm like, I just don't want to, I am tired of stepping in puddles. He pissed on my shoes the other day. That feels intentional. That is intentional. Like my shoes are there and he just went over and just peed all over them. I'm like, dude, like, just pee on the floor. This is not hard. Pick a hard surface so that I can clean it easier. <laughs> All of our towels now smell like pee. Everything smells like pee. And the dog doesn't care at all because he knows that I'm not going to do anything about it. And he's old and he doesn't really want to move. <laughs> so thankfully he hasn't pooped on the floor in quite some time. Well, what could you do about it? Just put him to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> he should feel threatened by that. <laughs> I feel like the vet doesn't really ask why. I know. You're just like, hey, this dog has I know. Thing. Is that a thing? I was, I, was, I was always like, can you just euthanize the pet when they're perfectly fine except for you know behavioral issues i feel like because i can be like what's wrong with them and then investigate <laughs> no. like oh he bit the neighbor exactly be like he's old and he's yeah. peeing on he's being a real dickhead <laughs> <laughs> he's very ungrateful to be in the house we have a dog that is currently peeing. If you if you noticed our uh, throw rug in the living room, the giant room size rug is gone now. Oh, really? That is because our elderly dog has been peeing on it. It's very, it's just rude. Oh, well, it's fun because they'll like look at you while they're peeing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's the door is right there, man. <laughs> you know what to do. It's very frustrating. Uh, old dogs, though. This is why I can't take care of my parents. I'll be like, just put them to sleep. <laughs> I'm done.
Just the idea of a nursing home for dogs really just seems like a great concept. Yeah. And I'd go visit him like once a month. Oh, I thought you meant like as a movie. <laughs> it's like Seth Rogen running. a. That sounds like a movie Seth Rogen would 100% make. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, Adam Sandler is the orderly. <laughs> the dog orderly. Uh, yeah, they should do that. But that should be our next venture. Polk and Kush dog nursing home. I think I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, in between uh, my job and the podcast, I'll write a spec script for us. <laughs> You'll be played by uh, someone, uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yes. And I'll be uh, the guy from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> ladies at the dollar store. When I was in high school, ladies at the dollar store said I looked like jackass. They meant Bam Margera. Okay. And then uh, before that, it was Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, I got that. I used to get that a lot. Yeah? Yeah. And then now it's the Big Bang Theory guy, the Bazinga guy. That's good. It means you're still thin. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Everybody who I'm compared to is fat and or bald and or both. <laughs> Everyone I get compared to has a giant forehead and is kind of gay. <laughs> or really gay. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not wrong. Yeah. You're fine. Uh, I don't know, man. Did, were you able to uh, to catch the Saints game this weekend? I think I think so. Yeah. I, I think it was on. What, God, I think I watched did it. Did anyone offer you tickets this week? No. Yeah. I, you couldn't have really... Nothing about going over there is enjoyable at this Th point. That game feels like it was a month ago. It does. I don't really want to get into the specifics of that game because yeah. what is the point? We 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 told you what was going to happen in that game a month ago. <laughs> like not not that exact game, but like every Saints game so far has played out basically exactly how we told you it was going to play out, which is they have no offense. Their defense is good, but it's not that good, and eventually they will give up. Because they, they are not great, and they're getting no support, and they have a dumb shit for a coach who is probably the worst coach in the NFL, and there's only so much you can do to overcome that over a long period of time. They are still going to be playing bad teams with bad quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. This week, they go to New England, who is a pretty bad team with definitely a bad quarterback, and they could win the game, scoring 16 points again. It is possible uh, but in no way would it make the Saints a good team. They're not a good team. We are aware of this. I think the larger, my larger concern at this point, do you disagree? First of all, do you disagree with anything I said right there? No, all truth, okay. all solid gold. Okay, I just want to make sure before I move on into <laughs> my larger concern for the team right now is that going to these home games, I think is becoming, I think it's bad. Like they're like not the going to process. Everything like the, you can't be this bad at home for this long and maintain a market like this and maintain the type of fan base like this was a rabid, passionate fan base mm -hmm. for a long time. And I think you're starting to really see that wear down. Like, have you noticed a lot less black and gold on Sundays and all that kind of stuff? I feel like I have. Yeah, it it has not felt the same. You know, I, I work in the quarter. I'm at the hub of where. People from other teams are in town and where a lot of low, you know, like all the people working in the quarter, they used to dress up and, and 
go full out Saints and all the bars had the Saints flags and yeah. there was just you could tell when there was a game happening because there was just an energy in the air. Yeah. And that it it hasn't been like that for at least the last three years. Yeah. And and it's not just losing. They've scored in their last three home games, they've scored, I believe, two total touchdowns. That's two free jello shots. <laughs> At Frogman's Daiquiris. <laughs> That's the best deal you can get right now in the city. If, yeah. you, if you own a bar, be like, we're going to give you a million dollars every time the Saints <laughs> score three touchdowns. I'll be like, <laughs> uh, the, there's just no, they have no chance of scoring. And when you I'm go. I'm tired of hearing about all the weapons. That's the other part. Everybody keeps saying there's so much talent, there's so many weapons. I mean,. If you've got a gun and there's no bullet in it, is it a weapon? Yeah. Very well said. Michael Thomas is still like, it's easy to say his name when you start listing the offensive players they have. And like, oh, how can you not utilize Michael Thomas? Like, because he's not that Michael Thomas. Yeah. He's like Michael Thomas with 175,000 miles on him. Like, he's just, remember Larry Fitzgerald the last two years of his, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't that impressive. Like Michael Thomas is still good ten yards and in, and I still can catch the ball and those kinds of things. But like he's not the weapon to get downfield and break a play open. They just don't. the 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 general consensus around the team's ecosystem right now, which is fans and now media too, is like the scheme is what's broken, and they're not doing the players a service. And that might be true that the scheme is broken, but I don't think we can just flat out say, like, look, they got Olave and Kamara and Taysom and Michael Thomas and Jawan Johnson. Like, they should be this great offense. I have no idea if they should be a great offense. I think Olave's good. He's not, you know, a top 10 receiver. I think Michael Thomas is washed. I think Alvin Kamara is a total question mark. And... What are we doing? Like, how is that like guaranteed to be some type of top rate offense? Derek Carr is the most mid of mid of he's like he stinks. He only doesn't stink compared to Andy Dalton. That's true. So it's like nobody was clamoring for Derek Carr except here. So the idea that they like have to be it has to be schematic is the problem. I don't think you can just fix two or three things in the scheme and all of a sudden, you've got this high-powered offense. I think that there is a lot of problems with the personnel, uh, starting with the offensive line, obviously, which is all either highly paid or highly drafted. And then going through it, it's just not that good of an offense. I think what's disappointing is just how completely opposed Dennis Allen has been to change. I mean, he straight up said, you know, we're we're staying the course. Like, we're yeah. not making any changes. We're not shaking anything up. Yeah. And that just seems so pointless on what is already a, a, a rather pointless season where you can win the worst division in the NFL and get clapped in the playoffs immediately. Yeah. It's kind of a boring dud season where you need to see what people can do. Yeah. And it feels like we're just seeing what people can't do. I know. And it almost, it almost feels like if you were to play out like the most skeptical version of what's going on here is he's going to hang on to Pete Carmichael for the the offense coordinator for the entirety of the season, and then he's going to fire him at the end of the year to save his own job. Would it? 
if I, I was the I owner, yeah, <laughs> if I was the owner, he'd have been gone last November. Like he's a bad coach. He's proven to be a bad mm-hmm. coach. There is nothing about him that would give you to think otherwise. Like he's never been a good coach. He's, I guess, a good defensive coordinator. But even then, it's like it's not like he's Buddy Ryan. You know, like we're not talking about some legend of defensive coordinating. Uh, it is very frustrating the concept that we're not going to change. And even if they do change what they do this week, how did you go through all of training camp and the first month of the season doing this shit? And how did you go through training camp doing this and everybody thought that you were going to be good? Because everybody wanted them to be good. That's the ultimately, right? That's the problem. Yeah. It's just wishing it were so. Nobody, I think, was really wowed about Derek Carr coming here you know it you have to be positive when when you follow a team like the Saints you have to be positive where you can and it it feels like you're convincing yourself yeah about a guy like Derek Carr who's an average quarterback at best he he was up at 3 a.m. though worrying (laughs) about this it's like maybe you should get some fucking rest And then you won't be such a bad quarterback. I do love they brought in Jameis for one play and he threw an interception. That was. (laughs) As everyone on social media is like, Jameis isn't worse than this. He's one play interception. And Jameis might not be worse than this. I I mean, I I think Jameis stinks too, though. It's not as if Jameis is, whether or not he is significantly better or significantly worse, he also stinks. Like, let's not, you know assume it matters the bigger problem is that the philosophically that we have spoken about ad nauseum which is instead of kind of taking their medicine resetting and like you know trying to win with less Mm -hmm. instead they've continued to try to like keep the the karaoke the sean payton karaoke i heard someone refer to it as you know it's like you're trying to like do this shit imitation version you're like journey plays with like one original member of journey and they call it journey it's like that's what the saints are like you show up you see the uniforms they want you to still think that this is the same saints that drew Brees played on it's like they have nothing to do with each other like this is we're we're hanging by a very thin thread from this just being a complete cover band. They are now, they're like the, they can still call themselves, you know. Whatever. They're the surviving members of the New Orleans. Yeah, Saints. it's like when you see Leonard Skinner, it's like yeah. the drummer is still, all the yeah. Van Zants are dead. But, Sean you know. Payton was in a helicopter crash in Shreveport. <laughs> like, like, no, no, they're not making anything new. They're yeah. not, you know, it's the, we're, we're, we're riding out what's left of this wave. And, that is definitely what it feels like, and there's just and I don't even think people here even care anymore. Like, there's no excitement. The idea of like, well, he, they were with Sean Payton. They know what they're doing. There's an nobody thinks that. Yeah, and there's uh, an addictive quality to where it's like, well, it's Sunday at noon. I guess I'll I guess I'll check in and see if I can get my fix. And then you don't get your fix, and you're like, yeah. well, I guess next week. I know. And they keep adding more in prices. The renovations yeah. are pretty mediocre. And it's like, I don't know how long you can keep doing this to people where it's really not fun to go watch them play mm-hmm. and you continue to sell in the off season that this is going to be a great year. And they're not building to the future. Nobody thinks this team is building to next year. No. That was never even sold that way. 
It was sold as this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. It's going to be better than Tampa. Yeah, last year's team was sold as we're the best roster in the NFL, completely ignoring who the quarterback was. Really, the last two years was like we have the best roster in the NFL, which was a load of unbelievable bullshit that people sold to the fans here. And this year, they didn't even pretend to do that, but they did say like, oh, this team's good enough to make the playoffs. And and that they're not looking for the future. If they were looking for the future, Derek Carr wouldn't be making $35 million to play quarterback here. You'd be having a Baker Mayfield, a Josh Dobbs. There's a lot of guys in the NFL right now who make very small amounts of money and play quarterback just as well as Derek Carr does. Mm-hmm. And they're, are, they're, the offenses are not appreciably worse in any way, shape, or form. And that is, I think, the frustrating part is that it does not feel like you're moving forward and you continue to show up and watch these games and they get their teeth kicked in on offense and you go what are we doing here what what is this is this supposed to be fun am i supposed to be like part of something that's building like there's just nothing to rally around and uh that is a a really tough thing to sell your fans and it's how you're going to lose season ticket holders this is not a market that's like bubbling over with money or like dying for things to do Saint Sundays, I don't think are going to be that important in the next year or two. I think you're going to lose that waiting list. And I'm not saying the team's going to move or anything like that. I'm not talking that dire. But I do think the importance of this team to this region is going to, and it has already withered to a degree, and is going to continue to wither. If they do not figure something out, this is this is the stupidest possible way to go about this right now. Mm-hmm. The post-Sean Payton era was always going to be a challenge. This feels like the worst timeline. The indifference is a problem because the way society works now, people become indifferent to something immediately and they move on to instant gratification, whether that's another better football team or whether that's working in the yard on Sundays, going to church. There are just too many things to give a shit about losers. Yeah. I feel that way. Yeah. Why would I watch an inferior product with the precious one, two, three hours I have to myself every week, if it's not rewarding. And the games are just so anticlimactic. And it's not like the Saints have lost plenty of games and fans still cared because they weren't boring games. You know, yeah. you think about like the, I think about the the New York Giants game where it was like 58 to 60. The Saints yeah. lost that fucking game, but boy, was it fun. Yeah. The fan base was fired up. People gave a shit. Yeah. There's nothing to give a shit here. And when they just kind of treat you like cattle, mm-hmm. you're going to come to the Superdome, idiot. You're going to buy a $14 hot dog dummy. Your car's going to get broken into. <laughs> and you know what? We're not changing shit. Everybody's keeping their jobs. And every August, we're going to sell you with our gaggle of media. We're going to sell you that things are going to be better this time around. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those guys picked, I think except one, picked for them to have a winning record this year. And I was like, they, and they still might have a winning record. But they're a bad team, and they're not going anywhere. Have you and, seen what like New York media says about the Giants? Oh my God, they're just murdering them, and they're, <laughs> you know, like on a, and and the Giants are just as bad. The Bears and the Bears are worse, but it's like the there's media in real cities that are just crushing teams that are disappointing. This team is very disappointing, especially the last two weeks. And I guess the first two weeks they won, so you couldn't say that. But it's like. They're still not good. We all know they're not yeah. good. Uh, you were hoping it was a fluke in those first games. I know. Low scoring. You know, yeah. maybe these teams are better than we thought. 
those teams are much worse than we thought. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know. I I don't. I don't want to pretend that I know what's going to happen the next three months because they do play a lot of bad teams who at some point are going to be giving up. I do just feel like, like you said, where it's like, what's the point of watching this? It's because you have an old quarterback who's not going to be getting better. If you at least had a rookie quarterback in there or a younger player, or even if you were tanking this season with like a a no-name quarterback or a reclamation project, Mm -hmm you would at least feel something like, look, the Falcons suck also, but they have an extremely cheap quarterback in place that next year could be a brand-new rookie who's really good or mm-hmm. could be a high-priced veteran who you could afford to go out and get, not a crappy you know, retread like Derek Carr. Maybe you go get a real quarterback. Yeah, you know? I mean, look at like Tua's projection. Yeah. That could have been anybody with the Saints. Yeah. You know, first couple years – not easy to watch yeah. now he's leading the league yeah and it's it's like you there are a hundred other ways to go about this that all are like more interesting like even the jordan love situation in green bay like all of these other situations just feel more interesting than the saints who are legitimately just clinging to something that doesn't exist anymore and it is it's the Bron- is, the is Broncos and the Saints are the two probably worst positions right now when you think about that kind of stuff. And I guess the Browns because Deshaun Watson yeah. sucks also, and the Giants I guess have a bad <laughs> quarterback too, who they just paid a lot of money. But I don't know, man. It's like that. It's that part to me, and especially that's true in the NBA, right? When you watch the NBA and you have a bunch of young guys, and they're losing, and you're like, eh, you know, they're getting better, and this guy's putting up numbers to. Mm-hmm. So, Watch a guy you're paying $35 million not be able to even come close to converting a first down is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just sad. It's boring. It is boring. I mean, that's the key. Yeah. I had Saints on the small screen. I had Buffalo, Miami on the big screen. Yeah. It looked like I was watching two different sports. <laughs> and then, like, I'm getting into the Buffalo game. I'm like, this rules. Yeah. Like, I like football. I like good football. I like good stuff. I know. Why does my geographic location lock me <laughs> into a team that stinks? And look, I'm going to keep going to the Dome. Like, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm going to, like, stop going yeah. or anything. Of course I'm going to go. I went when they were with Mike Ditka, and they were awful. But it's like everyone kind of knew they were going to be awful then. This is a very different, like, they're endlessly selling the concept that this team is good. And when they lose, it's like, well, so, something must have happened. I don't know <laughs> what happened. I can't believe it. They lost. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're bad. They're a bad team. Bad teams lose. Sometimes bad teams win. But it's like it, like the, the just naivete uh, that exists across the fan base and across the landscape here is just... Uh, beyond my taste, I like I just I can't take the fakeness of it. And look, the Pelicans, I'm guilty of it too. I've we've gone into many Pelican seasons and me being like, I think it could be pretty good this year. Look, you got Anthony Davis here, whatever. And it's like, oh, they missed 400 games due to injury. Of course they suck. You know, they're well. The they're Pelicans awful. are different because it's like, well, if these guys were playing, they would be good. There's yes. nobody on the Saints that if they were playing would make them good. 
No, that's not. Yeah, because Alvin Kamara <laughs> would have been the answer to that question, right? Yeah, that question was answered. Yeah. And Michael Thomas gets people forget that Michael Thomas was out during the three years of COVID. <laughs> so that's why it seems. Yes. That's why it seems like it was six months ago, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. It's like when you see somebody you haven't seen yeah. since COVID, you're like, oh, hey, how was last year? Like, oh, I haven't seen you since 2019. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he also had Drew Brees throwing the ball. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be a lot better if Drew Brees was throwing in the ball right now. But, and, and I don't know what you do with Derek Carr. I, I do think he's probably hurt in some way, shape, or form, but I don't think he was hurt in the first two weeks. He's taking a million sacks. The offensive line is obviously bad. Part of that is on him, though. Mm-hmm. And part of that is on a scheme that is not getting anybody open in the middle of the field. Jawan Johnson was like a, a, a myth a creation like a, a right out of you know uh what are the a fable you know they turned him into like a horse that can catch footballs he, he is not that guy i mean just not that guy foster moreau is a zero jimmy graham has more touchdowns yeah. than the entire tight end department what have they scored that four touchdowns in offense this season three four three four one against tennessee these were two against Carolina? Yeah. Two against Carolina yeah. and one against Green Bay because they had a punt return. There was, was the one. Other touchdown. Yeah. There was one yeah. offensive in that game. Yeah. And then three field goals against Tampa. That's the season to score four offensive touchdowns in four weeks. What year is this? Blake Groupie's got to be the leading scorer for the Saints. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, nobody else is scoring. He's th- th- I mean, he can quit his paper route now. Yeah, and I, I think Nick Underhill tweeted during the game something like, this is the worst offensive performance since I don't know when. I was like, they got shut out last year against San Francisco. They got shut out. And then they scored seven points at home against a horrible Carolina team in the last game of the season. A team that drafted second in the draft that moved up to get number one. They gave up seven points. They scored seven points on that team. This is, it's not new. It's not unique. They're a shitty offense. They've been a shitty offense. They're going to continue to be a shitty offense. And and they're trying to put band-aids on it and plug holes with their fingers and their ears. It's like, I, 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 I just get mad thinking about it. It's an insult to your intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. And look, they can go to New England and easily win because New England stinks too. And teams in the NFL who are bad still win games. Arizona beat the Cowboys like yeah. two weeks ago. This will happen. They could still end up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And everyone will give them a rousing round of ova- uh, round of ovation and will clap and will all say, oh, yay, we're in the playoffs. What's going to happen? No, it doesn't matter. The fact is that the direction of this was misguided from the start and as you enter the future of this franchise somebody's going to have to make some larger decisions to change the trajectory of this thing and it probably starts with dennis allen getting the boot and then you move on from there was he 17 and 41 40 oh come on don't come on come on 40 (laughs) he's 17 and 40 you know just casual but it's the offensive coordinator's fault okay yeah. 
That's that's the problem. <laughs> he didn't bring in all the Raiders was, you know, that was a smart idea. Well, when you've got a winning product, you want to keep <laughs> you selling stick it. Stick with it. I know. I, I loved how in that Derek Carr, I'm sleepy interview, <laughs> he was like, you know, I've started 0 and 10 before. And I was like, well, then why the fuck did we? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> How'd that work out? <laughs> why are you here? I know. Started 0 and 10 before. Oh, <laughs> well, we've got experience at this. Good news. Yeah, I, I, if you looked at a line this week, I assume it's New England probably minus. No, I haven't checked it four, out. Four, something like that. I don't know. I think the. I still think the Saints are going to win. I think New England's awful. They are. They are not good. They lost thirty-five to three in Dallas. Like they're they, Mac Jones has no idea what he's doing. I could see them harassing him the whole game and it being fine. And PK, what does that mean? It's a pick'em. Pick them. Yeah. So that's reasonable. Okay. I would take the Saints. Yeah. As much as I just spent, what, 20 minutes railing on the Saints and how much I hate them and how bad they are, I think I'd take them. Who has a higher quarterback rating, Derek Carr or Mac Jones? Oh, my God. That is – we're in the basement for both of them. I would say Derek Carr has thrown, what, two touchdowns? So probably Derek Carr. Mac Jones, five oh. touch. Mac Jones has five touchdowns. Ooh, wow, four interceptions, eighty point eight rating. Okay, Derek Carr, two touchdowns, two interceptions, eighty point one. And that doesn't include the sacks. No, like Derek Carr's taken fifteen sacks this year already. It doesn't real like you can get somebody else in behind Derek Carr. As people are saying, put Jameis in there. It doesn't matter who you put it in there; matter. they're going to get split in half. Yeah. Well, anybody who's... The Saints yeah. are going to have four different starting quarterbacks this year. There is no question he's going to get hurt again. Yeah. He's getting annihilated. And I don't know if it's all the offensive line's fault or the scheme or they're holding the ball too long or the receivers aren't getting open. I don't know whose fault it is, but whoever is back there is going to get absolutely annihilated. So, good times, fun oldies. Uh, we're back hit throwing the hits out against the Saints. We'll be back with a little Pelicans talk. And then, of course, we've got some local news for you. So stick around right here, Polk and Kush. If you are looking to get your landscape back in shape after a brutal summer, Give my friend Jesse Edmondson, the owner of the Garden Gates Landscape Company, a call to transform your yard. They specialize in landscape, architecture, design, artificial turf, planting, irrigation, lighting, even maintenance. Listen, my wife and I had the Garden Gates do our backyard last year with synthetic turf. We're planning to do the front yard, too, uh, with some irrigation and some planting as well. It is spectacular. Uh we don't have to worry about mud. We don't have to worry about our kids falling into sand pits. Everything is great. The turf, we are one with the turf. You know, who needs to be one with the earth when you can be one with the turf? It is, uh, they were incredibly professional. They were in and out. They did a, quite frankly, ridiculous amount of work. It was cost effective. I could not be happier uh, with Jesse. And that's why I'm going back to him for the front yard. What more is there to say? It's a good looking yard. Yeah. We were there last week for our live show in the backyard. Yeah, I was barefoot out there. It felt like I was on a beautiful golf course on a Hawaiian island. <laughs> 
it's uh, it's very well done. I can't speak enough about the product. Jesse is very professional. They've got a professional crew. Um, look, there's a lot of clowns out there in the yeah. in the, the the landscape. A lot game. of guys with just a pickup truck, <laughs> yes. and they take like a marker and they write landscaping on the back of it. And you're like, I guess this guy's mowing my yard. <laughs> out there with a leaf blower that's like you know the uh, little tykes. You yeah, know, it it's got really a security tag on it from Home Depot. But yeah, the listen, the Garden Gates Landscape Company can do all these various things for you uh, from the planning stages to the execution stage and, and then kind of thinking about the future of it. Um, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Please call 504-608-4606 or visit them online at www.thegardengateslandscapecompany.com to schedule a consultation. Please tell Jesse that. We sent you. That is a sponsor. You want to talk some Pelicans? I guess so. They opened training camp this week. Good vibes. <laughs> Good doing... vibes. What were your thoughts on Zion not smiling during media day? Bad vibes. <laughs> I mean, what the? F- what are we doing? I know. I know. Good vibes at camp. You know, instead of everybody just coming in there being furious. <laughs> What, what are they going to do? They're not beating the <laughs> shit out of each other in the middle of practice. <laughs> Vibes are high. They were really, they were really vibing when they took like the zany pictures. Oh God! I need them. I need Zion to play in the NBA for twenty years, so we get further and further away from those photos he took where he had the Thanos toy <laughs> on his hand. That's the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. An athlete do. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, because he's 17. Yeah, exactly. Of course. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, I wouldn't do that. It's like, yeah, well, he's half our age. So. Did, any, did anyone pose with toys this year? I really tried to tune out as much media day stuff as I could possibly tune out of my brain. It is kind of remarkable that people are still, you know, e- even tuning in for it. Um, it does feel like Pelican's preseason stuff kind of snuck up this year there was a lot of hype last year a lot of excitement for the season to get going coming off the playoff run and all that and literally just the difference and not winning the play-in game and not losing in the first round Mm -hmm. in six games has totally changed the tenor of how people feel entering this year there's a lot more and i wouldn't even say people are all that uh down on them as much as they're just like look i'm not gonna buy in until you give me a reason yeah but they do have those new jerseys that say uh, Crescent City on them. That's cool. Those are neat. Yeah. That's the best design they've had in your experience. You're a design man. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's pretty good. I yeah. think if they do a navy and gold one, that'll probably be the best. Navy and gold's the best color combo. For them. When yeah. they have... when Red is such a terrible color for sports. Just like a bunch of like old McDonald's employees running around. <laughs> Stick to the navy and gold, guys. But, uh, you know, you see the wacky photos of them and you're like, oh, it's almost basketball season. They're having fun. Yeah. Zion wasn't smiling. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he was up all night playing Call of Duty and he lost a bunch. (laughs) Maybe they're out of Snickers bars in the locker room on the way in. Uh, There's any number of reasons. I guess he's trying to say that he's taking himself more seriously. Uh, whatever. And he's not holding a lightsaber in his photos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that in the beginning of practice is always like, yeah, the guys are getting along. Everybody's happy. It's like, of course, they haven't lost the game yet. You know, the, Everybody's doing fine. Yeah. 
I saw a video of Jackson Hayes. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. And somebody was like, they never would have posted this if Jackson was on the Pelicans. It's like, really? They posted a video of him dunking in Summer League 100 million times. Yeah, because that was the only thing he ever did on the team. <laughs> oh, he got kicked out of a playoff game. That's he true. took off a skate and tried to stab some guy. He caused the Pelicans <laughs> to lose that playoff game. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. Uh, yeah, man, so the vibes are high. The other uh, storyline that's the, o- the only real storyline I've seen that's come out of, you know, from a schematic standpoint, of uh-huh. course, it means nothing because there's, you know, six more months of basketball to play. Uh, but they are talking already about playing small. Uh, this is a team that I don't think rebounded particularly well last year to begin with, but they're talking about some minutes with Herb Jones at the five, uh, Zion at the five. Uh, seems like it'd be difficult to end defensive possessions if you're doing that, but I also do believe they'd score a ton of points if that were to be the five men on the floor. Yeah, it would be fun. I, I mean, Willie Green seems like he should be coaching a small ball team. He's designed for that, you know, with Golden State and everything. Yeah. The Pelicans are going to be injured. And if you're playing small ball, you have more rotational options. It's yeah. easier to find a six foot four guy that can shoot than, you know, Valanchunas who can get 28 rebounds mm-hmm. and four points. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is bald man erasure, is what this is. They, yeah. they signed Cody Zeller, the, one of the baldest men in the league. That's right. And then they're going to tell me that they're not going to play him because they're going to be going small. Unbelievable. That's really rude uh, to the bald community. I will be protesting outside of their offices. Uh, Larry Nance is the key guy for a small ball at the Pelicans. He's built for that because he's quick enough, but he's injured, of course. Of course. Trey Murphy is injured. Of course. Jose Alvarado is injured. Uh Uh-huh. They all looked fine in the photos. <laughs> I saw many <laughs> smiles as they were playing. What's that smell? Uh, it's. I think they'll go small at some point. I think it will work for a period of time. Then it won't work. Then they'll figure out what they want to do. Uh, I and it was interesting. It was funny to listen to like a couple of the interviews of guys being like, you know, like when Zion plays, like he's a goddamn monster. <laughs> he's really good. It's like, yeah, like we all know, like he just, it, it, I think even this year, if they were to start out right, like 10 and five and like get off to a hot start, which normally is enough to kind of reel some people mm-hmm. in. I really think you're going to have to get into like the meat of the season with a really good record before people buy in. Cause I think everyone's, guard is up that something's going to go terribly wrong i feel i feel the opposite i think if the pelicans win one or two games with some flashy moves and everybody in there people are going to be so desperate for a win in new orleans that they're going to be right back into it maybe i mean that's i that makes sense i will be of course I'll, i'll be game to game yeah yeah, just like you're not going to just be do. like, all right, well, we're in second place now, but get, yeah. wait for Zion to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this show's a real roller coaster. Yeah, it is. I'm just, I, and I don't, I don't, I think you should live like Polk in that regard. Like, just watch the games. You can't, you know, I can't predict if the guy's going to get hurt. I just, I do think people's guard is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I can predict yeah. that these guys are going to get hurt. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, with LSU struggling or, you know, not being you know, what LSU football usually is and, and the Saints being, you know, one of the more miserable teams to watch in the league. I do think there will be a couple eyes turned toward the Pelicans if they mm-hmm. are able to rattle off a few wins early. Uh, they've We know they've got the dudes to do it. They've yeah. won a lot of games in different spots and different, you know, 
uh, spits, what is it, fits and starts. They've had little runs, so it's not as if it's impossible. It's just hard to be that hyped about it right now, Yeah, I guess is my uh, overarching point. But we'll have a whole lot more Pelicans as they go through the preseason, into the regular season. Uh, one of the more important campaigns in the history of the franchise because they are the precipice of either trying to keep this group together or completely blowing this thing up. So this is a huge season. I think everybody over there knows the stakes, uh, but at the same time, there is uh, significantly less excitement going forward. Things we are excited about, though, of course, are fine, fair city. What could possibly be going wrong? We'll get into it in the local breakdown. It's the It is you put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> okay, so at the top of the show, you said that the saltwater thing, just like the vaccine, is a myth. <laughs> and it won't be happening? This is what you've... I, I saw a report on WWL-TV this afternoon. The guy in the Army Corps of Engineers is like... You know, we looked at the weather, and uh, I don't think it's going to get to... The, they're saying it's still going to get to, like, Bell Chase or whatever, but, like, didn't think it would even get to, like, the West Bank. Mm-hmm. So, I guess call off the... Do- I mean, what are people supposed to do with all this water? I guess my neighbors are going to take all of the water they panic bought <laughs> from Costco, take it back, and get Coors Light. As God or, or they can fill up your hot tub with it. Maybe so. <laughs> I I was like, okay, the salt water thing is so big, I don't even have to plan anything out for this segment. So I just wrote salt water, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> it's over. I'm like, okay, well I guess we'll figure it out. <laughs> As of yesterday, Jefferson Parish had built three miles of this tube. Yeah. Didn't that make you feel good? I don't even know what any of this stuff... Are they taking unsalted water and putting it where the water will be salty? So the concept was there's something known as the Kenner hump, which is now what I will be referring to everything. Yeah, that was Cupid's uh, second song. (laughs) If you don't remember DJ Jubilee doing the Kenner hump uh, sometime in 94, uh, he'll be doing it at the Pelicans between quarters this year. Uh Apparently, somewhere in Kenner, there is a difference in the gradient where there's more fresh water or that it's like harder for salt water to get in based on the uh, the way that the the sediment settles. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No. Okay? Uh, obviously. Uh, so the thought was that from that part of the river, you could build a pipe which I'm sure was made of like PVC and yeah. scotch tape and whatever, you know, Scott Walker's in there putting it together and his, you know, his kids are gluing it together in the back room. Uh, supposedly, so you could put it from Kenner, that part of Kenner, and push it further up river, or I guess it'd be down river, um, toward like the rest of the East Bank and allow that to sort of break up the salt water to where it would be diluted enough to where you could drink it. Uh, it seemed like a plan that was not going to work because it was being done by people who are leading New Orleans. Uh, and so I'm glad to know that 28 days from now, the weather is supposed to rain somewhere in Missouri, which will allow us to not have to do this. 
Okay, I think I follow along. Does what I'm saying make any sense? I feel like I knew what I was talking about. Uh, it's, yeah. Okay. No, not at all. But <laughs> we have to keep moving the show along. I haven't seen anybody sharing your jubilation about the salt water not being an issue anymore. Right before we went to air, I saw, uh, you know, Rabbit Rabbit's Foot? It's off uh, St. Charles. Uh-uh. Or no, it's off Jackson. It's like a little bodega kind of store. They have okay. little snacks and a deli and shit. Well, apparently Noel already did a Zoom meeting today with, I guess, local restaurateurs addressing the saltwater intrusion. And Rabbit's Foot says, uh, I learned about security cameras, debris removal, and disaster planning. They provided no information. I am no clearer on if our business can operate or what they plan and their responses. It looks like it's on individuals on their own. During the Zoom show, somebody asked how a restaurant should handle food prep during saltwater intrusion, and they said, use bottled water. Phenomenal. (laughs) Thank you. That is very practical for businesses. With already tight budgets and limited storage. <laughs> just the, just, can you imagine just a Kentwood man walking in with 900 yeah. things to Commander's Palace? Be like, where do I put all this? I mean, what can you do? You're going to have... If you're like, the Superdome kitchen staff. There's going to be just one guy with a super soaker, like, <laughs> stranded in the pan. Everything just comes over like McDonald's, you know, just frozen already. Yeah. You just dip it in oil. Well, one, of, it, one of the infographs I saw said that it would be better for your dishes. Oh, my God. It helps. Well, we got that. Better. Fantastic. I, it's going to make the rest of our hair fall out. <laughs> it's going to rip it right out of there. But our skin will be silky smooth. But hey, now that it's going to rain in the Missouri Valley, I think we're going to be just I don't fine. trust this guy. I don't trust this guy either. I feel like you I think a they're, fever dream. I think they're realizing that there's uh, their plan to fix this had was fugazi and had no chance of ever working. So like, we'll just tell them it's not happening. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say it's not happening. Well, I think everybody's main concern, it wasn't like, oh, this is going to destroy my pipes and destroy my business, and I can't even drink water out of the faucet. Uh, But luckily, I'm sure LaToya Cantrell will have a sound, airtight plan to get this zipped up in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was quoted as saying, don't believe the hype. (laughs) (laughs) The New Orleans mayor says, do not believe the hype. The city is not behind on preps ahead of saltwater intrusion. She was right. I mean, I guess it's not behind because <laughs> if you never is, prepare, it, <laughs> is can you be behind for an unprecedented disaster? We've been behind for many unprecedented <laughs> disasters. When the uh, do you remember when the uh, hurricane came in and ripped all of the power for the entire area and threw it into the river? Mm-hmm. We were not prepared for that. There is still traffic lights out from that. <laughs> Latoya said that the city is ahead of the curve, despite the fact that construction has not started yet on a pipeline in the city. Um, I also saw her today. Did you uh, do the Gregory Joseph story? Pretty much all day, I just had a gun in my mouth, and then I drove home. I haven't looked at my phone. I haven't watched. I woke up. I woke up like The Undertaker. I just sat straight up, and then I drove to work, and then I blacked out for eight hours, 
and then I'm I'm here. So you remember our friend Gregory Joseph, the head of communications. Yeah, yeah. So he was supposed to go in front of the city council earlier this week, and uh, instead of him showing up, they sent an attorney. Oh yeah, and so he's like, oh, he's sick <laughs> or whatever. And then they asked Latoya about it today, and she's like, and he was there at the press conference, mm-hmm. and she's like. Nope, he's never missed a day. He is our, uh, you know, he's making us look good and all this stuff. I was like, oh, my God. So the, the, she's just like in an open revolt against uh, accountability, uh, which, you know, that's to be expected. You uh, really stopped that impression halfway through. Yeah. I, oh, God. But then Oliver Thomas has now said that he wants, in order to mend fences between the city council and uh, the mayor's administration, he wants to have a retreat where they all go <laughs> together somewhere, you know, probably like Milan. I don't know, wow. you know, like you know, some five star five star resort somewhere in the Swiss Alps uh, where they can hash out and, you know, all become friends again. The concept of that working is uh, zero. I mean, literally zero. There's no chance that will work. But Oliver Thomas this is a very creative way to angle for a free vacation. That's great. I'm going to steal that. I'm I'm going to be like, hey, uh, you know, stuff's really messed up right now. Why don't we go to Cancun? <laughs> I'm going to need uh, $1 million of the city's money. We can all bring our aides and our families. We'll be going to be fine. <laughs> Latoya said we are told equipment could start arriving this week. No clue when the equipment's getting there. Right now, they are finalizing plans in terms of getting money secured. Uh-oh. And contractors start work next week. I'm sure Hard Rock Construction is going to build a pipeline <laughs> that explodes and just <laughs> engulfs the city in water. And then the guy that paints signs, they're like, that's so NOLA. I saw, I saw he, the, what's his name? Something like, whatever. He's a white guy with the beard and he paints the stupid shit. Dr. Bob? Yeah, no, no. There's Frenchie? I don't know his name. <laughs> There's uh, several of them. He paints the signs that are like, only Enola gumbo. Well, he did one that was like, come hell or salt water. Oh, it's yeah. like, how many times can we look at something that, that is a disaster yeah. that doesn't happen anywhere else, not in the country, but in the civilized world, and go, <laughs> that's so NOLA. <laughs> well, well, you know, the, you get to see the same eight bands play every festival. <laughs> it's really a magical... If you haven't seen Rockin' Doobsy, <laughs> 2 p.m. on the Bayou St. John, what have you really been doing here? Oh, God. It's a magical, magical place with magical, magical people. And we're also very happy that you are all a part of it. Thanks so very much to everyone for listening, for tweeting us at Polk and Kush. Uh, X, Xing us. Xing us. Xing the hell out of us. Uh, and then emailing polkandkush at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please support the Garden Gate Landscape Company. Please support Crescent Canna. Please support DraftKings. We love all of our sponsors, and we love all of you. Talk to you next week. See ya.